You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Hey, welcome back to another podcast at the Running Around Charlotte. Um, it's always great to talk to an Ironman finisher. Anyone who can go the distance in the mother of all triathlons is usually a very positive, upbeat, energetic person. Our next guest on the Running Around Charlotte podcast has not only finished an Ironman, he's done it 22 times. I haven't even done it once, DC. I don't know how many times <laughs> you've done it, but 22 <laughs> seems like no, a lot. I swim like a lead rod, man. <laughs> Yeah, I bike like a lead rod too, so I'm not there yet. (laughs) He was also the world champion in his age group in the 2017 Ironman 70.3 and an Olympic distance age group national champ. On top of that, he's a father of five, founder of the Tryon Performance and maker of Yanban Energy Snacks. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie Yan. Thank you. Thanks for that intro. Yeah, <laughs> and we're also here with DC because Tim ditched us today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, bigger name on the other line, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. You know, Tim Tim was all wrapped up in retail today, so you got stuck with me, Jamie and Jeff. So it's great to see you guys. Great to hear you guys, Jamie. It's like I feel like I've known you forever, uh, and the whole it seems like you haven't gotten a day older (laughs) it's like like, what kind of clean living are you doing that you look exactly the same as you did the very first time I met you well I appreciate you saying that I don't feel that way I think I I, I ache a little more in the insides than I used to bounce on the floor bounce down on the floor like I used to but I'm hanging in there I just try to do my best drink plenty of water and eat healthy foods and Stay active, man. There you go, man. I, I got to say, you know, it's like, how, how much coffee do you have to consume to try to keep up with y- your own training, your business, your training business, the wife and the kids and everything else you got going on, man? Well, that's funny. My, my wife would probably laugh at you and say, well, I fall asleep on the couch every night at nine o'clock. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, I get up in the morning. It, it, if I can get in a routine of uh, getting up at, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning, and it becomes habit. Um, okay. I see Jeff uh, smiling over there. But, yeah, um, <laughs> 5 o'clock is a lot. I, I wake up around 9, go to sleep around <laughs> 2. <laughs> yeah, but I can get a lot done between 5 and 7 in the morning yeah. uh, if I decide to get a workout in myself and get my group workouts in with the team. We can usually get that done by 6.30 or 7, and then I'm available most of the day for helping out at home if I need to, and also, um, you know, meeting with clients and working on training schedules, and and again, now with the last year or two, really focusing not half my time on trying to grow Yanbons. And before we get into that, for folks who don't know the Jamie Yon story, uh-huh. I haven't known you as long as good grief tim and i have give us the give us the elevator speech on how you got where you are how you got in a triathlon how you said man i'm pretty good at this and how you turned that into a career okay um well i went to college in 1984 to 88 uh and 
I was a golfer and a basketball player growing up. And I went off to college and tried to walk on to Clemson and didn't quite make the team. They were pretty good. Um, so kind of gave up that sport. And uh, about sophomore year of college, 1986, my brother, who was four years older, had graduated and was living in Charlotte and had, had bought a bicycle and he and a buddy had done a duathlon or a biathlon, it was called back then, where they mm -hmm. did a run bike run. So of course yep. I wanted to come home that summer and do what Mike was doing. So I bought a bike and we found a triathlon in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was an Olympic distance, mm -hmm. a mile swim, a 25 bike and a 10K run. And it just was sounding so exciting. And, and he and I, trained in our little neighborhood. I remember riding uh, our longest ride. I think training for that race was 17 miles and it just felt like eternity, you know? So <laughs> he and I trained for that race. We, we didn't have a pool, but we swam in the lake in Lake Wiley. Mm -hmm. We'd swim out 10 minutes and back 10 minutes. And that was, you know, a good solid swim for us. Uh, we took off down there and did that race in mid, mid summer of 86. And we found another, we did, it was just a blast. And I was a little skinny fella. I weighed 130 pounds and, and I never had a growth spurt. I kind of grew slowly <laughs> all the way till the end of college, but um, <laughs> we finished it together. I beat Mike. I was so excited. And, and, you know, little brother beating big brother is always very motivating. <laughs> he kind of drove. That's how it starts. That's how it yeah. starts. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we entered another triathlon in Knoxville, Tennessee. It seemed like Tennessee was a hot spot. So we found another one. We uh, completed that race that summer, and I went back to college. And just it was it was it had become kind of a little bit of an addiction or a passion at that point. And went back to Clemson and spent the last two years, you know, riding and running and swimming down there. And then uh, moved back to uh, Charlotte after college and kept it going. There was probably. 20 people or so uh i was a young kid on the block but there was probably already 20 even 30 people in charlotte that did triathlons so mm -hmm. the, the central Y, which it was called a moorhead was kind right. of a hot spot and we'd meet up there and train on the weekends and i went you know i'd go to work during the day and then come go to the y in the afternoon and train with everybody and kind of became a social thing and over the next maybe five to seven years i can continue to get better um and I don't know how I, I don't know. I just, I think just the years and years of competing. Yeah. I get a little faster every year, a little faster every year. And I used to hang the bike up pretty much in fall and, and switch and do the Charlotte marathon. So my running was almost, mm -hmm. always my favorite and trained a few months for the Charlotte marathon. And then do that in January. It used to be in January and then jump back on the back bike for the following year. And I think in, in, I know this story's getting kind of long, but I think it was 93. I went up to Muncie, Indiana to do a half Ironman and uh, flew, flew up there, did the race and flew back home, um, had some struggles in it and, and nutrition wise. And that's a whole beginning of another whole part of my, my learning experience is the nutrition side. But mm -hmm. came home and about midway through the week, this lady calls me that I knew from Winston-Salem. She said, hey, Jamie you left the award ceremony, but you qualified for the Hawaii Ironman. <laughs> and I paid your 20 and I paid your $25 for you. If in case you want to go, it, it was $25 to, you know, reserve yeah. a spot like this. Like a I thousand. Yeah. So I said, Hey, you know, I've never, never really thought about that. I'm, honestly, I'd never thought about that distance or that kind of event. 
But I said, hey, I, you know, sure, why not? And I was young and mm -hmm. kind of naive, I guess. And so I decided the next weekend or second, a few weekends after that to go out and try to do a big workout to see, hey, can I do mm -hmm. this? So I went out and swam in Lake Wiley for an hour, jumped with a with a, somebody, I can't re remember who was in the canoe with me, but it was Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <It was, yeah. laughs> Jumped on it. So then I, I, hired I, I hired another friend to ride uh, 100 miles with me, Chris Dietrich. Mm -hmm. He rode 100 miles with me. And then I hired another friend to run after the bike, and I hired Carl DeBate. He and I ran, I think, 17 miles that day. So I was like, hey, I, if I can do that much, surely I can go out to Hawaii and do this Ironman thing. So, <laughs> yeah, so I put my name down and flew out that that uh, that fall and, and did my first Ironman. And had mm -hmm. some big time nutrition problems back then. There wasn't a lot of info out on nutrition mm -hmm. and how to handle it. So I had seen that TV show where this lady crawled across the line on NBC and the, the announcer said that she had eaten too much sugar, that her gut had shut down, shut down and she stopped absorbing her nutrients. And so I said, Oh well, yeah. You know, I, I looked into it. I said, I did my little science experiment experiments. I said, well, you know, Gatorade designed at a certain solution, 7% sugar solution to absorb into your body. So if that means if, if I eat and drink, it's going to get too rich like she did. So I'm not going to be able to do the race. So maybe I need to either drink Gatorade and eat nothing or eat power bars and drink water. So I decided to, that I would drink water and eat power bars. And I made it two hours into the bike and I was got, very sick uh throwing up on the bike oh I was, man i was off the bike it was delirious i was on the side of the street highway up in mid high v uh sitting beside a telephone pole but anyway my body had shut down because i had put zero salt in my body mm -hmm. our bars don't have any sodium in yep. them i was drinking yep. water and the whole science thing now of, of what you've learned in, in sodium and, and electrolytes and mm -hmm. how important that is, I really got a taste of. Um, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, of course, I came home disappointed that, that, that uh, year. But, of course, I jumped back on the, uh, the horse and got back out to Hawaii in 94 all the way through 2000 straight and slowly mm -hmm. worked up. Um, in Hawaii and finished in 94, 95, 96, all the way up to 2000, 2000, I think I finished 30th, 31st place overall and set a PR out there. And that's, that's in a nutshell, long nutshell, but, um, that's kind of, and then, and then there was, and then Ironman brand grew and they became yeah. races every weekend. And well. so of course I'd race two or three Ironmans a year. And that's kind of where I got to. Yeah. Um, at this point doing 22 of them and and it became just a great way to it became my hobby and I didn't meet my wife until I was 35 years old so I had all those years to to, to focus on triathlon and training and learning and growing in the sport and then after we got married um, you know I, I did a couple Ironmans but then that's kind of when Triumph Performance got formed and I started to coach people and share my knowledge and um, grow mm -hmm. that brand. And then last couple of years, finally, uh, probably should have happened a long time ago, but I got to develop a nutritional uh, energy and protein type recovery product called Yon Bonset. It's been going well and, and 
that's where I am. Yeah. And we do want to know, we want, we want to ask you more about your, uh, your product line, but, but your story uh, begs the question, timing is everything. And you were peaking right when, at least in my opinion, the sport of triathlon was also doing the same thing. Do you think we'll ever experience anything like that again in triathlon? You mean the, 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 the sport continued to grow? Right. I mean, you and I, you and I are old enough to remember where folks would bag out on New Year's Eve parties at 1130 because they had to go home to be, and to be online by midnight to register yeah. for races that would close out yeah. in minutes. And now uh, it's like, eh. Do you yeah, think you it's, see a, it's a resurgence in that, in that sport? I think it has become a little saturated just because Ironman grew so quickly and, and the brand, you know, the fact that there's an Ironman every weekend around the world, it's not, there's not one Ironman anymore. There's, there's 50 or more and you can find races. Yeah. I remember the, the, the point what you're talking about when you had to, to sign up a year before. And that's, that's, that's funny because that's what made me sign up to be a pro is because you could get in a race the week before the race. And I said, hey, my friend of mine, Kristen Johnson, was doing pro. And yeah. I said, hey, I'll do yeah. pro. I'll go pro with you, Kristen, because that way I don't have to sign up for a race a year in advance. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but to grow that, I, th I don't think we'll see that again. Um, it, the sport is so competitive. It was, when I was speaking, it was kind of in the era of Mark Allen and Dave Scott. Mm -hmm those guys and you know now with technology and where it's gone and the talent that's coming out I mean you're looking at people racing now that were probably into triathlon when they were six years old you know doing kids triathlon so those you know the sport's been around long enough now that there's kids that are not just a swimmer turned triathlete or a runner turned triathlete they're triathletes from the beginning mm-hmm and um you know they've really gotten talented and and i there's still there's still a desire because i do get new clients that want to have that iron man um mm -hmm. the say it they want the tattoo say to say i've never gotten a tattoo which i still think i'm gonna hold off on the tattoo <laughs> but uh um oh i was gonna say something and it slipped my mind. Um, anyway, I think that's where we are at this point. And, and I, what I was going to say came, came back. So people that get into triathlon now in their middle age or whatever, they, they want to go, they want to jump right into an Ironman. And I kind of, I kind of discouraged that a little bit in, in people because they want to, they want to just go out and become a triathlete and do an Ironman and quit. But it's more, to me, it's more about being healthy and being, having a lifestyle. And when I first did an Ironman, I had raced for seven, eight years before I ever did that distance. And it's good, in my opinion, to develop, you know, your speed and strength. And a lot of times people get into the long distance stuff and they just really don't get truly healthy. They just, become they just accomplish the distance i don't know if that makes sense but i i enjoy changing people's lifestyles for good and letting them develop new habits that create 
a lifetime of health and fitness and looking better, feeling better, um, eating better. But a lot of times they'll get right into the sport, go right to the Ironman, burn out, and then they're back to square one. Yeah. That makes sense. A lot of people are definitely just like, we see that on the marathon side too, right, DC, where everybody's just like, yeah, you know what? If I can get to the finish line, even if I'm crawling and everything is like the worst shape I've ever been in in my life, if I can just get there, then I'm good. And then I never have to do this again. Yeah. I think a good with my coaching, I always like to, if you're going to be in marathon shape, mm-hmm. to me, you should still be able to set a 5K PR. If you're going to, even if you're going to train for a marathon, you don't want to lose your speed and strength. So I like to see an athlete that trains for a marathon, yet they can still run their fastest 5K. Mm-hmm. And that lets me know mm-hmm. that they're totally fit. Yeah. Now, I think that I, and I, I, the amusing thing about all that is uh, you talk about the, the lifestyle piece of it. It's like how much of a, of a churching do folks need on that as opposed to just accomplishing the goal? What's it like in your training program? And then, like I said, we want to talk about the product line. But real quickly, tell us about what it's like, what that coaching piece that goes along with that looks like when you brought somebody into the fold in the try on program, it's like, Hey, it's not just about uh, this upcoming event. It's about the whole body. Of yeah. Work. Yeah. And I think if you can coach them well enough with total body, with the nutrition and the training, and then incorporate the strength work and the things they need to do on the side, then as their body transforms, their mind also transforms a little bit and it becomes more about, wow, I feel great. I look great. Um, so I think just with a balance of in the coaching coming from the coaching aspect of it and not about, okay, today's workout is a three hour bike ride followed by, you know, a, three, a five mile run, go get, go get, go get it. And, but instead well-rounded program that encourages everything kind of worked around your daily activities already how do what what what's your work schedule look like where where's family time where's how does your family work so everybody that i coach it's custom coaching around your current lifestyle Mm -hmm. and you tweak the changes where they need to be changed um you know are you going to bed too late so the the bedtime changes or but they still don't lose who they are and they definitely don't want to coach somebody where it pulls them away from the important things of life, like their family, God, family, um, their kids. And that, that, that's not healthy. Yep. That makes sense. Now, what if, what if I am trying to get away from my family? Can you accommodate <laughs> that at all? <laughs> You mean, are they trying to get you out of the house? Or you- <laughs> Maybe that's it, man. <laughs> right? You're like, you know what, Dad? Yeah. Get out there. Run a triathlon. <laughs> yeah, go away. It's all coming clear to me now, man. It's all right? coming clear. <laughs> Jamie, quick question for you, though. Um, okay. I know, like, my generation and probably anybody around my age, I'm 25, doesn't really see this as much, but I know you guys were back in it when it was like, you knew everybody who was in the triathlon game. Like yeah, I could so possibly know everybody who runs in Charlotte, but mm-hmm. like, how is that? Like either of you can speak on this. Like, how does that change stuff? And like, how is that 
different than now just because like you said you knew the other 25 people who were doing it yeah. and I'm like yeah I don't think I know yeah that's so true I remember there used to be a race down in Riceville Beach every year and there'd be a big group picture sure enough at the end of the year you know there's 30 people in this photo at the end of the race in Riceville of that group that was so close yet you're saying now well Charlotte has grown because Charlotte was a ghost town back back then but being so many people in the sport mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to, to to get in there but I think maybe that's what's built things like you know my coaching program with Team Tryon the the group workouts workouts I have they're already you know email and texting when can we get together again and and the social aspect of it and Kelly and and Meg and Phil know they've done a great job building their team so mm -hmm. yeah they kind of subgrouped yeah. out whereas you got you know, some people that are you know hooked on flywheel class over here under this instructor and there's so many different possibilities out there to to hook into a um, family of athletes doing a particular a particular sport mm -hmm. so I guess yeah you're right it's it's hard to compare back then when it was just Charlotte you know everybody knew everybody in Charlotte but then again I think that's because the city has grown so much and and we're just so big now um yeah, I think that is a big, I think that is a big part of it. And I think the diversification of all those, uh, the races as well, like you mentioned earlier, Jamie, you know, there weren't but a handful of triathlons and, you know, you had to go to, you know, Tennessee to race half of them anyway. And same, the same was true, Jeff, in that ultra space as well. I joked about that all the time where, you know, you'd go to those races, you'd see the same, same 20, 50, maybe a hundred people at a really big race. You could call the race director on Friday and go, hey, I'm going to come out and run your race tomorrow. That cool? And they'd say, yeah, just don't park on the grass. <laughs> it's like yeah. that was, you know, they were like, okay, that's it. But, yeah. You know, Jeff, it, back it, then it, there it was. changed. Yeah, Jeff, back then I think there was three or four races in the in the North and South Carolina, and that was it. So we all went to Rice. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all went to Ladder Park <laughs> in the summer. And, oh, you know, yeah. It was always in June. We always went yeah. to Raleigh. There was one in Raleigh. So there was only three or four, and those were the big events. Those yeah. were the you know, Hawaii Ironmans around here. They used to call the Ladder Park the World Championship. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That, that race was, I mean, back, like you said, back in the day, that was a scene, and it was a, it was a C and B scene, too. You'd see all your friends out there. It was, it was really something else. And, and to be fair, Jeff, you don't remember what, when Gatorade used to be salty, so when Jamie was talking earlier about Gatorade with only a 7% sugar solution, now I'm sure it's completely different there. And nutrition has changed along all those years as well. And Jamie, I know that the, the science and the experience that you've had over the years have led to your own nutritional product. Tell us about that. Yeah, real quick. And uh, back in the, you know, in the back in the eighties, it was all about high carb, low fat. So it was all about eat baked potatoes and, you know, eliminate yep. fat and, and you know you'd get lean and mean but and then of course mark allen came around he was doing 40 30 30 he was low low carb mm -hmm. you know high fat high protein and and so i did that for a while and with you know i had a lot of um success there too and um but as products came out there was so much on the market and, and then chemicals and then preservatives and then all these, all the junk started getting feed in because of, 
a bar now wants to say, you know, all it wants to say now is zero sugar and this much protein. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and you have to watch out for the protein number because it's loosely used now. And, and, and you can, a product can say a protein bar and actually it's not really high in protein. So you have to learn to read a label to, to hand, to, to know what protein is and, and how much, how much a product really has. I wanted a product that was clean, wholesome, non-GMO, uh, organic mm-hmm. ingredients, things you could read, obviously, and, and know what they are. But also, I wanted a macro balance that was built. So I had more success on, mm-hmm. yes, a low-carb diet, but low-carb means something different now than it did than it really does. So now with the whole keto craze and back with the Atkins and all that craziness. Right. Where people just eliminate, you know, basically eliminate carbohydrates, which is, you know, I can go into a day long speech on that, but <laughs> trying to eat keto or, or low fat, I mean, low carb and, and they, they want to f- look better. It's all about looks and you need carbohydrates in your daily routine. Okay. Um, especially if you're an athlete, that's what your main fuel source is. So I wanted a product that was low carb, but had enough carbs. So what I want to accomplish with that is fuel for my workout, yet teaching my body to use, to tap into fat for fuel as well as carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So if your flame, you, you know, your, your energy flame is always burning carbs and fat, typically, you know, a lot more carbs than fat. So I'm trying to teach my body to tap into fat for more fuel, which what that does is that spares your carbohydrates. So in other words, if I ate a banana, then that banana would go farther for me than it would have prior to me changing my body's ability to tap into fat for fuel. And that was a lot in one sentence. But if my body can tap into my body fat for fuel more readily, then it's gonna, those carbohydrates are gonna go farther for me during a race, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to probably those 50% carbohydrate and then 25% protein, which 25% protein is what I want at the end of the day. So if I ate 3000 calories for the day, I want 25% of those calories to come from protein. And you got to learn to do the math on that. So, you know, we're talking grams, how to convert grams to, to calories and whatnot. But at the end of the day, for easy math, uh, equation here. If I wanted to, if I ate 2,000, let's say my body required 2,000 calories a day, which it, it requires more than that. But let's say, for instance, it required 2,000 calories a day to to maintain body weight and, and energy for the day. I would want 25% of those calories to come from protein. That's 500 calories, right? 500 calories need to be in protein coming from my food sources, and I want that evenly spread throughout the day. And then to convert that to grams, you have to divide by four. So 500 divided by four is 125 grams. So that means I would be wanting to eat 125 grams a day um, and evenly spread throughout the day. So your protein, you want to eat your breakfast, 25% of your calories from protein, lunch, dinner, same thing. And I need a snack in between, right? So I'm not eating snacking on pretzels Mm -hmm. or cliff bars or power bars or you know just fruit there you go (laughs) so your cliff bars probably got six grams of protein and over 240 calories or something like that yeah it's about right yeah so 
So you, if you, Jeff, if you did the math and you multiply that six times four, that's 24 calories are coming from protein out of a Cliff Bar. Mm. So 24 over 240, and you're talking like 10% protein. So you're way, you're, you're carb, you're, you're doing a lot of carbs there. So if you're going to get, if you did breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 25% of your calories in protein from those meals, and then you started eating carbs between meals, you're going to be out of whack by the end t- time you got to the end of the day. Anyway, so <laughs> that's, I wanted a, a, mm-hmm. an energy, a snack that I could rely on and also fuel for my workouts. And what that does is that not only teaches my body to tap into fat for fuel, but I'm also recovering throughout the workout. Protein is very important for recovery, right? That's what recovers our muscles, mm-hmm. muscle tissue. If I went for a four-hour bike ride and I did goose and Gatorade the whole way, I'd be, I would have gone four hours with zero protein. And that's not going to help mm-hmm. you recover faster. So my whole motto is you train harder and recover faster with Yon Bonds. Um, and it's so that it's built 50% carbohydrate, 25% protein, and 25% healthy fat. And that's where the other 25% comes from. And uh, it's, it'll, and I've gotten a lot of great testimonies so far because I've introduced the product to athletes. And I mm-hmm. used, I, I ate solely Yon Bonds in my last half Ironman last year. And, and my stomach was great, um, had no issues, felt great. Today I rode an hour and 10 minutes this morning and I ate three Yon Bonds before. So the whole, and I felt really strong on the bike today. And it was, it, it definitely correlates. And we're going to be marketing soon in a little container of three, hopefully over the end of the summer, by the summertime. And it's a before, great. during, and after product. So one before, mm-hmm. one during, one after. Um, I just went ahead and ate all three before today, but basically three in a pack is going to give you 10 grams of protein and 10 grams of protein kind of jump starts your recovery. And I'll mm-hmm. already be in my system by the end of that workout mm-hmm. to jump start my recovery for the following day or for that's the rest. Great. Anyway, that's a long story, but I'm sorry about that. I get, I get caught up and get rolling. No, it's great, man. You lost me at the math part, so I'll have to call you back on that. But it's like, that's not my strong suit. But uh, I think Jeff was taking copious notes for us. But before we go, Jamie, uh, first of all, you knocked it out of the park on this first ever Zoom call of yours. Well done. Uh, But let us know where we can find you for training and where we can find Yanbon products. You can go to Tryon Performance, that's T-R-I-Y-O-N Performance uh, for training and, and to contact me. And then our site just came, mm-hmm. and you can buy Yon Bonds off of the Tryon Performance site, but we just opened a, another standalone website that's yonbonds.com, Y-O-N-B-O-N-S. Um, Fantastic. Purchase and learn more about the product. Thank you, DC. Thank you, Jeff. Thank that's you. great stuff, brother. Again, Jamie Yon, just all-around great guy, coach, triathlete, dad, husband, inventor creator he's an all-around great guy find out more about him yonbonds.com and tryon.com jamie thank you for joining us on the running around charlotte podcast man hey thanks guys the running around charlotte podcast is presented by the novon health charlotte marathon one day five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace Registration for the November 16th Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com.
Running Around Charlotte with your host, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte released every week.